Baby moved like lightning as he swiped, swung, and slashed, letting the traditional shiny dagger heave and strike in a fearsome display of hand-to-hand combat. He sights to the Chinese forward line of defense, lopping off five heads as soldiers fell around him. The collective might of the enemy front line was not enough to stop the short, sturdy young man. By the time a desperate bullet knocked him dead, Devi Prasad had dismantled the Chinese defence wall at their post across the border, opposite point one five four five zero. He died inside Chinese territory. In 1967, Devi Prasad and thousands of Indian soldiers fought two deadly battles to restore India's self-respect and protect its land from China, and they won. But why have these triumphs been forgotten? I'm Ankita Sinha, principal correspondent at the Quint, and you're listening to a special news and views podcast. In this podcast, we will be talking to author Prabal Das Gupta, a former army veteran whose latest book titled Watershed 1967: India's Forgotten Victory Over China, published by Juggernaut, takes us through this incredible period in India's military history that laid the foundation for the relationship that India and China share today. Thank you for joining us, Prabal. Hi, hi, Ankita. So you have called this book Watershed 1967. Now, 67 is of course because of the year that the event took place in, and is it watershed because it was a turning point for India-China's relationship? Watershed year is is in two respects, and this is one of the reasons why why 67 is important, is that you know it happened on the watershed, which is the physical geographical boundary between India and China. Um, secondly, it is it, it's also a watershed year in terms of the his, historical narrative that flowed thereafter, because from '67 onwards up until now, India and China never had uh, a single military confrontation. Uh, there has been one incident of firing in 1975, but that aside, there has been no hostilities uh, in terms of a, in terms of battles. They never went up uh, in a battle against each other. '67 also laid down the template for. India in terms of dealing with China. So when you look at 1971, uh, China didn't interfere in the India-Pakistan war. Nobody, not not many, have asked that question as to why. There are very very many reasons, but 67 is is an important yet underrated reason why China did not really take, you know, go down the Siliguri corridor and cut India out. Uh, thereafter, at, at very various uh, standoffs, um, you know, whether it is uh, Dalat Beg, Oldi. Uh, or Doklam in uh, 2017, India has has always, uh, you know, sort of in a uh, used that template and and obtained a dominating position in standoffs against China. So I think that that is something that has set the template, uh, and uh, and that has also ensured, which is what I maintain, that peace is obtained when you um, achieve parity. So that was the parity that was obtained in 67, um, got back India's pride. Uh, was also responsible in uh, sort of you know conveying to China that yes they are you know it, it's a bigger power militarily so, but it could not overrun India anymore. For our listeners, I'd just like to give a little bit of context here on what happened in 1967. Now the conflict began in August that year. 
angry over India's decision to erect iron fence around the border of Nathula to Sebula in the Himalayas of Sikkim-China border, the Chinese began heckling Indian soldiers posted at the border. Now, this turned into a full-blown clash after the Chinese attacked the Indian army. But India did not give up control over Nathula Pass. And that wasn't the end of it. In October 1967, the Chinese triggered another similar clash at Chola, which again ended in a similar manner. By the end of these battles, at least 88 Indian soldiers and 340 Chinese soldiers were killed. These battles were led by Lieutenant General Sagat Singh. Now back to Prabhul. So in your book, you have written about a crucial decision by General Sagat Singh that helped India secure Nathula. So what was this decision? As India was going up against Pakistan on the Western Front, Chinese troops had amassed across the border uh, near Sikkim. And, uh, you know, uh, that was the time when, you know, it was expected that Indian uh, troops would pull back from Nathula, which General Sagat uh, refused to do so. And he refused to do so because that would give the Chinese easy access to the Siliguri Corridor down the Sikkim, uh, you know, access. So he disagreed. He disagreed with his superiors and he stuck to his decision. Now, why, why would we want to contextualize it is, you know, Remember, it was 1965, three years earlier, India had suffered heavy setbacks. The, so psychologically, the political leadership uh, was rattled and, and was even, you know, it was quite um, demoralized in 1962 as far as China was concerned. We had achieved some success against Pakistan in 1965. However, the overall attitude towards China was still very much different, very much defensive. So, so going against the grain of leadership was something that was extremely creditable of General Sagat at that point of time. His decision helped Indian troops to sort of stay there in Nathula and ward off any kind of Chinese presence. Otherwise, the Chinese would have Chinese troops would have captured Nathula. And then uh, during the 1971 war, they would have had easy access to the Siliguri Corridor. Just five years prior to the 1967 battles, India had suffered a disappointing defeat at the hands of China, as you've just mentioned. Now, what changed in those five years? How did we manage to hold our ground and achieve this remarkable victory against China in 1967? 1962 is perhaps a blessing in disguise that, you know, we had had until then. Uh, and please remember, it was 15 years after our independence, so we were still getting up there and, and trying to put together uh, the right kind of uh, political and military military leadership, especially, uh, which we hadn't had at that point of time in 1962. So the overall of the leadership was one of the major factors. Uh, some of the military leaders who uh, played a significant part in 1965, 67, and then later on in 1971 uh, were not a part of the 1962 uh, war. For instance, uh, General Sam Manikshah wasn't around, uh, General Sagat wasn't around. If it's a victory, then why was it forgotten? It was an era when, uh, you know, India had had um, suffered reverses a few years before that, five years before that, 1962, in an India-China war, India had suffered a heavy setback. Um, so when this happened, it wasn't um, covered as much in the media and people didn't uh, really, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't quite, uh, you know, come to terms with what had happened there. Uh, that was one part. It wasn't highlighted as much. Uh, secondly, it was also um, sort of, you know, India and China had kind of not wanted to play it up much. So I, I think there was a tacitly, it was not, it was agreed to not really uh, play it up in the international fora. Uh, thirdly, and the most important reason was in 1971, India had, had, had registered a resounding victory, which kind of 
whitewashed a lot of things that had happened in the past. So it's been a journey which took me to, say for instance, a village in Lamahata near Darjeeling or somewhere in Sikkim or took me to a, a prince's estate somewhere because somebody was a former general, took me to, you know, meet certain people in, in certain parts of the country uh, where people had settled. So a lot of this came from primary sources. It also came from declassified accounts of, um, you know, of the US government, for instance, because the, the, the book also travels into 1971 uh, and beyond. So some of these um, inputs did come from declassified accounts, given that you know we don't have an official history of that period. Since you got a lot of material from declassification, I have to ask you this question. So India, as we know, has archaic rules on declassification. Even the Henderson Brooks Bhagat's report has not been declassified yet. How important is it to declassify documents related to our war and military histories? The impact of not having it done is, is that it denies scholars, historians and, and you know, your countrymen to know about your history and, and of course military officers and generals and others uh, to learn from your mistakes, to savour your victories. Uh, the one thing that has happened in the past, if I were to give you an example, is that you know, for instance, if you don't don't write your history, somebody else will. The history of 1962 was written by Brigadier John Dalvi, who was the commander of the Seventh Brigade, which was um, which was defeated by which is one of the first Indian formations brigades to be um, defeated by the Chinese forces. And uh, Brigadier Dalvi was taken a prisoner, and he was kept in China for some time. After he came back, he wrote this book. It was bitter. It was. Uh, uh, it was quite explosive, but the book, what, what did we do? We banned the book. Um, thereafter, Neville Max Maxwell wrote a book on India and China. It was sympathetic to China. What happened with that? Uh, when Henry Kissinger went to China in 1970-71, he visited uh, Beijing and he met Zhao Enlai. Zhao Enlai gave him that book as a gift. Henry Kissinger's uh, drift on China in his entire anti-Indian narrative was also based heavily from you know around around his learnings from the book which he found to be extremely impressive so this is what history does history does uh, shape a narrative let's hope the authorities consider these aspects and change this in the near future thank you for talking to us mr das gupta sure do also find the full playlist of news and views on spotify geosavan apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from Log on to the podcast page on the Quince website to check out all the other podcasts that we are doing. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to us at podcasts at thequint.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening.